Hello and welcome. Here to Lead is for leaders who are looking for practical insight and hands-on tools and advice on how to unleash the power in their leadership to get things done. I'm your host, Kelly Bargabas. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Congratulations on making it to Episode 20 of the Here to Lead series, Season 1. You and I have made it through the four anchors of leadership. You've done the work. The four anchors that you just went through in these last 19 episodes are leadership, execute strategy, affect change, and drive results. And we know that these four anchors, or we've learned that these four anchors will help us become the authentic leader that we so desire in our heart of hearts. These anchors will keep us steady when the waters are rough and tethered when we tend to drift. Rather than wandering aimlessly or being tossed about by every trend, by every challenge, or the highs and the lows of our career, these anchors will provide the footing we need to be consistent, reliable, effective, day after day. After all, that's what we're here for, right? We are here to lead. And I just can't stress enough, and I know I've been repeating myself throughout this series, that our organizations hire us because they need leaders. And why do they need leaders? They need leaders to get stuff done. They need leaders to help execute strategy. They need leaders to affect change throughout the organization. And they really need leaders to drive results. That is is what our leadership is for, right? And you know that because you've been listening for the last 19 episodes. We started out this journey by talking about becoming a leader, that in order to be a leader, you must aspire to it, you must study, and you must practice being a leader. And we talked about developing our own elevator pitch of leadership and really getting down on paper and internalizing what leadership means to us. In executing strategy, we talked about and learned why we aren't successful in executing strategy because we do the wrong things and we try to do too much and we let the day-to-day priorities steal our time fighting fires. And then we learned what we need to do to execute strategy and how we execute strategy. And we talked about determining those projects and initiatives that will drive us towards strategy execution and only doing those projects. And then we talked about limiting ourselves and the number that we try to accomplish and resisting the urge to do too much and making the time to execute strategy, right? And we had some really great guardrails in that section that are on my website, some examples of them, the red light, green light decision matrix and the two by two crossroads graph. And those two tools really will help you make quality decisions in your organization. And then we talked about affecting change, which is one of my favorite topics. And change is really hard. And we talked about why it is so darn hard. And then what it takes, operational excellence and courageous decisions and time. We learned some great guardrails and examples for affecting change. And then finally, in this last section that we just wrapped up, we did a few episodes on driving results. We talked about the ABCs of driving results, assign, beware, communicate, right? I've got a bonus episode coming up for you on reducing noise in your organization so that your message is heard, right? And there's a lot of meat in those 19 episodes. And so if you haven't listened to them all, I really encourage you to go back and listen to them. 
Make sure you're listening to the episodes with the guardrails because those are the really practical tools that you can tailor to whatever's going on in your life, in your career, in your organization right now. And make sure you're doing the exercises, the time in the seat, and asking yourself the questions that need to be answered. It's really important to do that. These are the anchors of your leadership. And again, anchors, they hold us in place. They keep us from drifting, connected. They keep us tethered to what's important. And leadership is important to us, to you, to me. That's why we're here. That's why you're listening to this podcast, because you aspire to leadership. And I know you because you are me. I was there. You will be tempted to overcomplicate your leadership, but don't. You will be tempted to keep searching out there for some silver bullet or magic pill, some leadership hack, but don't. I know life hacks are all the rage right now, and if you haven't heard of a life hack, I'm sure you have, but if you haven't, a life hack is a shortcut, a trick, a newfound skill to do something faster, easier, more creatively than we have before usually in the interest of saving time, money, or work for ourselves. I'm sure you've seen them online, in social media, or, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. I mean, there are hacks all over the place to do all kinds of things. Maybe you learned about them the old-fashioned way, but like word of mouth. It's a new term that we call these shortcuts, but the concept itself, the idea, isn't new. Back in the 80s, we had hacks like spraying hydrogen peroxide on our hair and putting baby oil all over our skin and laying out in the sun. That was a hack, a shortcut to try to get this sun-drenched beach look without actually putting in the time at the beach. I took piano lessons as a little kid and had a piano growing up and took very traditional piano lessons and learned the old-fashioned way from the ground up, doing the basics, learning the basics, how to read music, doing the scales, learning all the foundational concepts of how to play the piano. And later in life, just a few years ago, I got another piano and had started uh, playing around on it again and trying to remember all those things I learned as a kid. And I discovered that there are so many hacks out there, so many YouTube videos on how to learn the piano faster, easier, how to learn chords. And everybody is trying to come come up with the hack to get you learning the piano without putting in all the time that we used to think we had to put in to learn the piano. You know, there's If you learn these four chords, you can play any song that's out there. And I fall for a lot of those advertisements and try it. I've seen hacks on how to squeeze avocado meat out of the fruit of the avocado. If you don't have a knife, how to open a wine bottle without a corkscrew. Remember when that was circulating a few years ago where you put the wine bottle in a shoe and bang the shoe up against a wall and the cork will pop out? I love a good hack. My personal favorites these days usually involve cooking, and I've watched my husband has tried so many different hacks for peeling garlic, shaking it in Tupperware until the skin comes off, or heating in the in the microwave for, I don't know, 10 seconds, and they pop right out. And then there's a certain knife technique where you can take the whole bulb of the garlic and you stick the knife in and just pop and twist it in such a way that the clove comes right out, already peeled. We've tried all those. And he can also open a beer bottle with any item that he has on him. We have a pomegranate tree in our current yard, and we love pomegranate seeds. 
but they are such a pain to harvest. And we've tried cutting the pomegranate in half and hitting it with a wooden spoon upside down. I think Bobby Flay taught us that one. And then there's, don't even get me started on the diet and exercise industry. That is what's happening in the diet and exercise industry is everybody is hawking and selling a hack to lose weight, to get in shape without having to put in all the work right? That's what the diet and exercise industry is all about. And I personally have fallen for many of those. So I get it. Hacks are really popular and sought after for things that are hard. They're hard to do or they're a pain in the neck. They take time. So as humans, and especially as Americans, we want an easier, faster, less messy way. Hacks also help us do something that is a major priority that's critical, but we don't have all the tools that we need to do the job, like opening a bottle of wine, or one time my friend and I uh, went to the beach spontaneously. We packed a cooler and called each other, met at a beach on a Saturday, I think. It was a beautiful day early in the summer, and we were just itching to get out to the beach. So I think she threw some beers in a cooler and met me there and we get settled in our chairs and we go to pop open these nice cold beers and realize that she forgot the bottle opener and we were a little despaired at first but then I said I know we can do this my if my husband were here he would pop this bottle off the arm of the beach chair and so we tried that we tried a couple of different things and I think we ultimately ended up opening the bottles of beer with our car keys and it worked. So it was awesome. I think I also texted my husband for some advice, but we got it to work. Hacks are a lot of fun. What are some of your favorite hacks? Do they have to do with cooking or drinking like mine seem to do? Or diet and exercise, tools, working out, building, construction? You know, like what are what are some of your hacks that you love? Hacks are a lot of fun. But unfortunately, there is no hack to leadership. I hate to break that news to you, but if you haven't discovered that yet, there is no hack, no shortcut, no easy way out of being an effective leader. But don't despair. If you've listened to these lessons, you have tools, you have practical examples, you have guardrails, you've had your own time in the seat. You can do this. You can do this. I know you can. Maybe you're listening right now and you're thinking, you know what? I don't have time to do the hard work. I've got to get this leadership thing figured out or I'm going to be in real trouble at my job or I'm going to quit or I'm just going to give up trying to be a good leader. Like I don't have time to put in this work. I need something that's going to help me right now, tomorrow to figure this out and snap my fingers and be a good leader. I understand. I know exactly where you're coming from and I've been there and I get it. A couple of years ago, during the Q&A portion of a leadership presentation I gave, a man raised his hand and asked me this question. And he was very sincere, very solemn. And this was at the end of my two-hour presentation on Here to Lead in These Four Anchors. And he raised his hand and he asked me, what do you do if you're burnout? What if you're tired of leadership? And it was a great question. I wasn't expecting it. I thought he was going to ask me something about the material that I just presented. But that was where he was at. You know, that is why he was at that leadership conference. He was searching for answers. And the room full of strangers looked at me silently, waiting expectantly for my words of wisdom and insight. And I'm sure there were other people like him in that room at the time that were frustrated and burnout. And again, I knew what he meant. I'd been there before, especially when you're in a 
leadership position that is what we traditionally call middle management. You're stuck between a staff that you're trying to manage and motivate and corral and senior leadership who has you running in too many directions, putting out fires and may not even be good leaders themselves, but you report to them. They're driving the organization and you're stuck in this layer between staff and senior leadership. And middle management, middle leadership is a really tough place to be. You want to be a good leader so badly, but you're just left drained at the end of the day, out of control of your day and your time and out of control of your leadership. I believe the gentleman who asked that question was frustrated because he was probably experiencing some of these things at work, but he was also frustrated because he wasn't sure how to bring his leadership to life on a daily basis. He wasn't seeing the results he desired. And of course, that is frustrating. It is. I get it. But I still maintain that authentic leadership is the most critical skill that will allow us to execute strategy, affect change, and drive results. And the practical insight, the exercise and the tools that you've learned that go along with these four anchors will transform your leadership from a static idea on paper to life. It will transform your leadership from frustration on a daily basis, from burnout, from wanting to give up and throw in the towel and call it quits, to actually feeling in control of your leadership, in control of your career, in control of your time and your staff and your team and the output that you're providing your organization. These four anchors, the insight, the exercises, the tools, the guardrails, the time in the seat, those will transform your leadership. And that will lead you from frustration to success. It will lead you from frustration to satisfaction. It will lead you from frustration to feeling really good at the end of the day to feeling really good about your leadership. And remember, that's what we're here for. I would maintain or I would propose that frustration, burnout, exhaustion, wanting to walk away from being a leader is a direct result of trying to keep our leadership in the fancy living room. And if you've listened to episode four, you know what I'm talking about. That so many times we spend time, money, our education, our careers, investing in and building this beautiful shrine to leadership, just like a lot of people do in their homes when they have a a fancy living room or a fancy den that no one is allowed in because they need to keep it in pristine condition all the time. And we talked about how living rooms, that's not what they're there for. They're there to be lived in, right? They're there to be used. We spend all this money to buy houses and to decorate them and to get all these, buy all these things that we want to surround ourselves with because we want to live there. We want to experience it, right? Leadership is the same way. Leadership is meant to be used. Leadership is meant to be lived in. It doesn't do anyone any good, not you, not your organization, not your team, no one. It does no one any good to have your leadership just look good on paper, to sit in your office all day long and avoid the tough conversations and avoid the tough decisions and not know what to do or how to do it. That's no good for anybody. So we need to avoid the fate of the fancy living room. Thanks for joining and listening to all of these episodes so far. I've really enjoyed sharing this content with you. I can't wait to hear some of your success stories and what's worked and what you've had challenges with. And as we wrap up season one of this Here to Lead podcast, I just really want to encourage you to to not look for that hack but to really embrace the practical, the uncomplicated, 
the simple yet it is hard work to bring your leadership to life on a daily basis. All right. Thank you for tuning in to season one. I really appreciate your time and you listening. I'm going to take a short hiatus while I move across country. I'm moving from California to New York. And May 1st, we will launch season two. And in season two, it's going to be great. We're going to continue down this path of unpacking some more here to lead lessons with these four anchors. But I'm also going to introduce some successful, accomplished, experienced leaders that will share their greatest leadership lessons with us. And I I'm also going to introduce an element of answering coaching questions that you send in and we will unpack and dive into and see what we can do to answer those questions that are keeping you up at night. Okay, I know it's not just me that lays awake at night thinking about work and what we can do differently and what we can do better. And, you know, sometimes when we're in the middle of a a challenge or a crisis or opposition or something happening in our own personal lives, it's too close to us. And so we don't have the distance, the perspective to be objective and try to find our way through. And we don't always work in an environment where we have mentors and coaches that we can go to. I know I've certainly been at different places in my career where I had great mentors and people that I could bounce things off of. And then I've also been in situations where I was felt like I was on an island by myself and there was no one else reasonable in the room I could talk to. So I get it. And that's why we're going to answer coaching questions. So I'm really excited about season two and we'll talk soon. Take care.